The word doesn't change. The word says kill him. He broke the law. Kill him. But God is love. And love says save him. So God, the judge, in his strength and in his power, he made a way where it looked like there was no other way. God Almighty came down in his son, Jesus Christ, and he became like you and like me. Hallelujah. Do you have your Bibles? Go with me to Romans chapter 6. The Lord has been speaking to me about teaching and training. Um, I love the moves of God and I love the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I love seeing people under the hand of the Lord. And I mean, I mean just enjoy God, enjoy his presence, enjoy his peace, and just love God touching you. It's awesome. Amen. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm like a Holy Spirit bartender. I just start, you know... When the Spirit of the Lord comes alive, we start giving out the, the joy of the Lord. The, you know, we want you to drink in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so I love, I love seeing God move. And I love seeing God bless. But we cannot forget it's about the Word of God. Thank God for His touch. Thank God for His, His blessing. Thank God. Amen. But we also must remember that our faith is not in an emotion, an experience. Our faith is in this word. Amen. So these next couple of weeks, I feel led by the Holy Ghost to go back to some of our, our foundations of faith. Because the foundation of faith is where we build, you know, we build our whole life on this word. We build our whole life on this foundation. Amen. So I want to encourage you to take notes. We're going to give a lot of scripture and I'm going to give you some, some, some understanding. But more importantly, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit gives you revelation. Revelation is when your eyes are open and you can see. Amen? And you can see what, that God is doing something incredible. You see the plan of God unfolded before your eyes. The Holy Spirit has taught you what the Lord has done for you. Amen? So I pray for revelation. How many want revelation today? Praise God. So I encourage you to take notes. Today I want to begin speaking to you about our great salvation. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Just write it down. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Now there's going to be a judgment that's going to happen. A lot of people say, well, God is, you know, 
all this wickedness that we see in the land and people complain about all the negative things that are happening. It looks like the, the wicked are getting away with their wickedness. People who are living bad, immoral lives are just allowed to be the ones that kind of rule and, and walk in this world. People who are hurting others are not being held accountable for their hurting. Even politicians are abusing the poor. Judges are corrupted. And it seems like all these negative things are happening and there's no answer. And we get discouraged along this walk. But let me tell you, there's going to be a judgment. And this judgment is not going to happen where man is judging another man, where this man could be corrupted by a bribe or can figure out a, a defense that could confuse the judge. No, this judgment, it comes from the Lord. And this judgment is God Almighty standing in judgment, sitting in judgment where every person, dead or alive, must stand before him and give an account for their life. Whatever evil they've done, there is a punishment that's upon their life. The Bible says the payment of sin, the wages of sin is death. Death. And you might think, well, you know, I've been pretty good most of my life. I've done a couple of things that are not, I'm not proud about, but I've been pretty good. It does not matter how good you've been. This payment of death is upon every person's head. From the time of Adam, when Adam had failed at the Garden of Eden, judgment has been upon mankind. This judgment of death for mankind's sin. Even we, when we hear about Adam and Eve, when we read the story how the devil tempted Eve and it was the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And he said, you know, taste when you eat of this, this tree, when you eat of this fruit, you'll be like God. And she believed the devil and she, she saw the fruit and that lust rose up inside of her and she bit of that apple or that, I'm sorry, that fruit. I know in the cartoons they make it an apple. I don't know why I like apples. But it doesn't say it's an apple, it's a fruit <laughs> of that tree. And then not only did she bit of that, that, that fruit, but she went to her husband, Adam, and she gave it to him and he ate of that tree. Even when we hear that story, we start judging them. We start thinking, man, you all really messed up. It's so funny about, about our own judgment. You know, we, we'll see people on TV and they put them on the news and they talk about something negative that they've done and immediately we're thinking, oh man, these people, they messed up. They're wicked. They're evil. How dare they do those things? But that could have been you. If your laundry was put out on TV, how many of you or how many people in the world would, would hear and see the things that you've done 
and say, that is messed up. That person is, I think one of the worst things as far as like, you see the worst in people. You know, I do a lot of things on Facebook and on the internet because it's great communication. But you, they put a, a, they'll put a news story about someone who did something bad. And then the, the hundreds of comments that come after it. I mean, these people, they, if they could, they would kill them, skin them, burn them, and do the worst thing that they could ever dream about. They, you know, because they heard this person did something bad, so immediately they want to do the worst things to them. As if they didn't do stuff that was bad, but just didn't get caught. Oh, but this person, they got caught. Judgment is coming to them. They got caught doing these things. Oh, let's kill them. Let's burn them. Let's, you know, I heard this was a movie. Let's skin them. Let's burn them. Let's hang them. And then we'll kill them. <laughs> and then the people, but, but that's, that's everything. We, on TV, they air out somebody doing something silly. And there we are, all oh, they're messed up. They shouldn't be doing this. But you were just doing that last night. Hello. Of course, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to those that are watching on TV. And so even us, we judge. You know, I heard this one person say, when it comes to people's problems, uh, they are messed up. I just got a weakness. They deserve judgment. I deserve help. Hello. My father used to say, you know, with every finger that you point, three, three point right back at you. Amen. And so the word of God says that every man, you and me, saved and unsaved, is going to be before the judge incorruptible, holy, righteous God who shall judge the nations. And they shall stand before the judge and you cannot bribe him. Some people who have done so many negative things in the past, they commit their life to doing good works and I thank God for good works, but those good works is not enough. You can spend the rest of your life doing good works, but it's still not enough to pay the price for the sin that you committed. And the only price that could be paid is death. Because if God was to, was to not put death upon the sinner, he would cease to be God. His word would be compromised. So the judge, God Almighty had a problem. The law, his ways of living, his ways of doing things says, kill him. Sin is upon him. Kill him. But his love had another, had another voice. Amen. Go with me. To Romans chapter 3, 23, we're there already. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means nobody is excluded. Everybody has sinned. 
All have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. We are all guilty. We are all condemned. The whole mankind is condemned. You want to know why so many people are in so many addictions? It's because they, they, they're, they're, they're men that are condemned. They're people that are condemned. Think about those that are on death row. Those who have been caught doing something that they, they, the judge has come down upon them and says death to them. And there's a certain death, there's a certain day that there, there's going to be a, a death sentence placed, to, uh, that they're going to act out on that death sentence and they're going to cease to exist in this world. They're not thinking about anything other than how can I save my life? They're doing everything they can. Every moment, every, they're, they're thinking, what can I do to try to change this death sentence? And that death sentence is upon their head. So they wake up and they remember who they are, that they're going to die. That becomes their whole identity, that they have, they have committed a crime and they're going to be held accountable and they're going to be, the payment, uh, the, the judgment is going to be, they're going to die. Now, can you imagine me and you living our life that way? If we knew that there was a death sentence that was upon our head and that we we're going to die, we'd be in fear. We'd be worried. We'd be questioning everything because we have all these, we, we don't want to die, but the death sentence is upon our life. And so we're doing everything to save ourselves. Why do you think people steal? Because they're trying to save themselves. Why do you think people will manipulate and backbite and try to hurt others? Because they're trying to save themselves. They can't see themselves outside of that death sentence, so they do everything for themselves. Hello? And that's why the whole world is not interested in others. They're interested in themselves. What kind of, how can I save myself? Countries, are, they act like this too. The nations act like this. I'm laughing watching the news because they put somebody's voice on, on TV. One of our, our, our leaders was recorded cursing a nation. And another government did it just to show them that, hey, we got that same technology that you're doing. I started laughing at it because I was, I was thinking they did it not, not because to embarrass this person. They did it just to say, hey, whatever you think you got, I got it too. Hello? And it's all about self, trying to save themselves. They're on a death sentence and they don't have time for you because they, they, they're trying to save them. Amen. So this death sentence is upon man, whether you recognize it or not, whether a sinner has recognized it or not, there's a death sentence upon them because the wages of sin is death. And the devil is really good putting guilt upon people. You know, he, he, he gives them a lie, do this, it's going to taste good, do this. The, the lust of the eyes, the lust of, of the, the flesh, the pride of life. He says, do this, do this sin, do it, it's going to be good. And then a person does it, and next thing you know, their whole life is crumbling. Guilt and shame has come upon them. I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I hurt this person. I can't believe I, I abused this relationship. I can't believe I did those things because of temptation. 
So death is working upon a person's life. They think, okay, maybe if I, if I, if I work on just getting money, but they get a lot of money, but they, they have no joy. They have no peace. Well, maybe if I, if I, if I try to be good and, and, uh, and, and go over here and do these things, so they, they, they go and they try to do some things that are good, but, but it's still not enough. They're still guilty. They know if they stand before God, they will not be declared righteous, but they'll be declared guilty. The wages of sin is death. Well, that's why when you do it, right after you do it, you feel so terrible. It's kind of like eating really bad bad food I mean I got to repent for eating bad, bad food sometimes you know I get hungry and I'm thinking I'm going to eat the best fajita tacos and then I get a little hungrier because I didn't go eat when I was supposed to eat so I think I'm just going to get a hamburger then I wait a little longer next thing you know I'm, I'm in the back of a convenience store eating two day old burritos And then after I do that, an hour goes by and then I'm giving an offering in the bathroom, <laughs> repenting. Why did I eat the burritos? <laughs> so there's this, this, this guilt that comes upon our, our, our eyes and upon our life. And, and we're talking about this shame and the devil is doing it because the Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's so funny. He tempts you, but then he tells you, oh, you messed up. Ain't that funny about the devil? He's like, hey, try this. Go for it. He puts it out front. It looks good. Nobody sees a, a dirty looking beer bottle. Nobody sees a, a, a marriage being broken up because the guys become alcoholic. No, they only show you the nice things. But then they talk about, oh, you just got to do it responsibly. What does responsibly mean? There ain't no such thing. <laughs> if I was responsible, I wouldn't even touch it. Hello? It just makes sense, you know. If I was responsible, I wouldn't waste my money on that. You know, I play baseball in Mexico. And I used to look at all the, the, the beer signs on every billboard and every wall. There, I mean, it's like the whole country had beer. beer it was a big beer commercial. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Amen. And, and I started thinking, you know why? And it's cheaper to buy beer than, it's, than a soda. It's because the government doesn't want the people to, to hold them accountable for anything. So they'd rather keep them drunk so they don't complain. This is true. Oh, you think, you think we get off the hook? We don't need illegal drugs when we got all, so many legal drugs. Why are they giving all the drugs? Because they don't want you to, to complain. Hello? Death is working. So man has a problem because death is working. How can I escape death? I don't know what to do. God's a just God. Can I bribe him by my good works? No. Can I try to be good enough for God so that God will, will, you know, so that he can see the problem in everybody else, but for me, he recognizes I just need help. No. Because he's a righteous God. He's a good God. And for the sinner, 
There's only one payment, death. That's it. But then the word of God says all have sinned. You and me, every one of us have a death sentence upon our head. So you have a God who's just. You have a God that's righteous. There's a law that's been broken and there's a payment that needs to be paid. And we can't get away from that, pay, that payment of death by our own works. But let me know that God loves us. Go to John 3, 16. See, the law says kill him. But love says save him. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So God saw the law. The law needs to be paid. Blood needs to be spilled. Death is the payment for their sin. So the law said, kill him. But God also, he has love. And the love that God has for you said, save him. He saw, there's a death sentence, kill him. He's judge. He's righteous. He's incorruptible. He doesn't change. The word doesn't change. The word says kill him. He broke the law. Kill him. But God is love. And love says save him. So God, the judge, in his strength and in his power, he made a way where it looked like there was no other way. God Almighty came down in his son, Jesus Christ, and he became like you and like me. He had hands and he had feet. He had a, a physical body. This physical body had temptations and every weakness and every, every weakness that man would have, Jesus had. But yet in every temptation, he did not sin. None are righteous except for one. And that's Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And Jesus came and he walked in this earth and he, he, he lived. He had to eat. He had to drink just like we did. But then there was a day that he became a sacrifice. He became payment of death to fulfill the law. The law said, kill him. Jesus says, I will be the one that you kill. The law says, send him to death. Jesus says, I will go in their place. And Jesus, the Bible, his blood, his blood was pure. His blood was righteous. He did not deserve to pay the price of death. Death had no control over him. He had no sin. There was no payment of death because there was no sin in Jesus. 
So he laid down his life. He, his blood was spilled. He went to the cross and died for those who deserve the payment of death, which is you and which is me. He paid the price so that we can be saved. The law said kill him, but love through Jesus said save him. The Bible says that he took captivity captive. He took all our sins. Listen, we were, we were in, in bondage to sin. All those things that hold man in captivity, sin, fear, anger, jealousy, bitterness, broken hearts. You have a broken heart? Has your heart been broken? Did someone leave you that shouldn't have left? Did, your, did something happen with your parents where they abandoned you and you've been growing up? trying? You might look good on the outside, but there's a wound on the inside. Did someone abuse you, molest you? Is your heart broken? Jesus carried that to the cross. He carried your sins. He carried your sicknesses. He carried your shame. Does the world look at you down as if you mean nothing? Have people looked at you down as, as if you do not even, even deserve to live? Have, have people in school tried to, tried to, to push you down and, and bully you and cause you to think that you are, have no value? So that the thoughts of the devil says, kill yourself because there's no reason for you to live. Jesus went to the cross and died for you. He carried it to the cross. He took it all, all our sins, all our shame, all our guilt, all our broken hearts. He took captivity captives, the things that we could not break through. Jesus took them. Jesus grabbed them. Jesus took captivity captives. He put his arms around those things. He says, I'm taking you to my death. And he went to the cross carrying all those things. Many people wonder why, why was he beaten? Why was he spit upon? Why was he put in shame? Why did all the nations call him a curse? Why did people spit on his, in, in his face? Why did they drive nails in, you know, a crown of thorns inside his head? Why did they drive nails through his hands and his feet? Why did he go through so much suffering? I personally believe that he is because captivity was trying to break free. Didn't want to go and die with him on the cross. But the Bible says he took captivity captive. The Bible says he could have called 10,000 angels and just been, been free. But no, he took it all. He paid it all. He went through the worst that we could imagine. And he took it all to the cross. And he hung on the cross and he died. He died in faith. Because one day you were going to walk in this world. One day you were going to have some weaknesses. One day you were going to look and you were going to need a savior. So he died in faith that what he has done on the cross is more than enough than what you need to be free to save you. He did it in faith. He went 
in your name to the cross. Listen to me. He went in your name to the cross. The judge says the wages of sin is death. Someone needs to die for the sins that they committed. Jesus says, I will stand in their name and I will lay down my life and I will die for them. In the name of Kevin, I go to the cross. In the name of Willie, I go to the cross. In the name of Lisa, I go to the cross. In your name, he goes to the cross. And he laid down his life in faith. Oh,